Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is a Four Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsack for another edition of the big show, the main show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet, the BB-8 of our droid crew on resistance. This is Four Center. I'm Ken Napsack, like I said, joined this week only by Joseph Scrimshaw. Jennifer Landa on a well-deserved vacation. Yeah, doing... Mystery things. <laughs> She's not doing mystery things. It's just fun to say that. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's Everything's just... normal with Jennifer Lang. And I try. We try. I try not to do the old out on assignment joke anymore. I, you know, that's always a little fun. But you yeah, know, we've said the yeah, the whole world says that. Yeah. So she's out on mysterious assignment. <laughs> How about that? We'll switch it up. 
but an Ewok probably uh, involved. Uh, but Joseph, you're here. I'm here. And we're going to have fun talking about the tone of Star Wars in a bit here. That is right. I'm excited. I love talking tone. Tone is great. And before we get to that, we want to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash force center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from, from your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, we'll have our force center recommends an audiobook we think you should try on us and a lot of you out there listening you take advantage of this deal and uh, enjoy the audiobooks so stay tuned for that recommendation audibletrial.com slash force center as always we like to check in on any star wars adventures life adventures and also maybe a little check in on star wars resistance joseph i know you've been busy this past week uh weekend with a lot of convention fun but what else is that all that that can't is be that all you, is, is that, that all? all no this is a crazy week yeah because a crazy couple of weeks uh, this weekend i was at the gallifrey one convention which is primarily a Doctor Who convention, but there's always a little bit of uh, everything else. Uh, I didn't uh, get to do the Star Wars panel uh, this weekend, uh, but there was a very fun in the in the masquerade. There was a uh, Doctor Who Jedi, which oh, yeah. uh, had taken a sort of Tom Baker Fourth Doctor scarf and made it into the classic Jedi robe, kind of the exterior uh, with a lightsaber. And boy, did the crowd love that. Like The two things we like together. 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 Is, is the D- Doctor Who Star Wars panel just them playing that clip of Ryan Johnson riding <laughs> that to Doctor Who? I wish. I wish. No, it's just they always have panels that are like, yeah. and what's the deal with Star Wars these That's days? Cool. Yeah. So hey. that, it would have been fun to do, but I was busy doing other things. Nerddom is connected. Yeah, you know? it really is. Star Wars and Doctor Who have a lot uh, in common and not just Bosk's costume. That's right. On the 10th planet. Uh, yeah, and then you got a bunch of shows coming up, some friends in town, some pitch meetings. So, yeah, it's a hey, little bit of everything. You're moving and shaking, and, and that's the important thing. <laughs> moving and shaking, <laughs> not sleeping and weeping. Yeah. Uh, that's about right, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm a little tired. I was woken up rather early by a little two-pound chihuahua this morning that uh, <laughs> it was like, bathroom, now, thank you. Please, if yeah. you don't mind. And uh, we're having fun, though. I record with you guys here. My Star Wars Adventures, pretty tame. Um, I, I am so close. It's You know what? Actually, I need some my own Star Wars counseling from you, Joseph, <laughs> but in a different way. Um, I am close to gathering enough credits to buy Dooku on Battlefront 2. But because I don't play the game a lot, and I'm not superly uh, skilled at the game, uh, it takes me a while to get some credits. Yeah. I I do have Anakin on the way. A Ooh. fan in, in my Twitch chat posed the big moral dilemma. Do I buy Dooku now or wait for Anakin? Ooh, I think you want to wait for Anakin. Okay. I apologize to any <laughs> Dooku lovers. You know, he's designed well because he mm-hmm. is a finesse character like yeah. Count Dooku himself. himself if, you, yeah. if you play him right, he's devastating. But he you he's mm. got to be up close. He doesn't have much range. <sighs> If you can close in on someone, you can destroy them. I like that. But, you know, it, it, it's very much like this. This contest will be decided by our, our skill with the lightsaber. Like, <laughs> and saber. not much else. Uh, I, I'm a button masher who charges. That might work for me, but I, <laughs> I do prefer distance. I don't know. I think you got to wait for Anakin. I think Anakin is going to be, mm. like, right now there are a bunch of different characters, but I think uh, my opinion, and yeah. I think general consensus, I could be wrong, is still like, Ray is the tank, where... Yeah. She, she's got high health and she moves fast. I, I think Anakin is going to, my That's guess up. is Anakin is going to rival her. Because like Obi-Wan's great too, but he also, he plays defensively. He does. Every yeah. time I get killed by Obi-Wan on, in the game, I get, get happy. 
Um, <laughs> I, I do own them. I've, I've played them once. I've got to get up. I got to get there. I, I think you've convinced me. Anakin is it, which comes out soon. Very yeah. soon. I know they moved some stuff back and around, but I think that one's still on, on course. Yeah. Dooku is great mm-hmm. when you can get his little lightning bolt to work and it just pushes, it just knocks people over. But if you hit somebody <laughs> right on the ledge, like, you know, you can do big force pushes and throw people way off a ledge, but there's nothing better than somebody's kind of just looking over a cliff and then Dooku's like, and over they go. <laughs> For, it's like a force <laughs> suggestion. <edge. laughs> um, my favorite thing about it, and I was streaming it the other day and some, some of my, my, my Twitch friends were, we all had a good laugh. Uh, I wasn't playing him, of course, but Dooku, two games in a row, was the number one ranked player. Oh, nice. And he have you seen him when he's ranked number one or when he's ranked at all? Oh, yeah. The, you, the his pose. victory pose? Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's sassy. It's sassy. And then there's a victory pose you can get of Obi-Wan where it, he's doing a, a, like, a pose that's supposed to be like a combat pose, but he kind of looks like he's dabbing. And there was one where it was, like, <laughs> it was Obi-Wan. It was sassy over the shoulder Dooku. And dabbing Obi Wan Kenobi, like what the <laughs> hell is happening? The over the shoulder Dooku, is especially he's got his dark ritual jammies on. <laughs> he does. I mean, they're not jammies; his actual jammies are coming. I think. Yeah, but. yeah, which we yeah we do see canon Dooku jammies. Yeah, um, I want to see that cosplay over the shoulder sassy Dooku <laughs> at Star Wars Celebration. Uh, speaking of Star Wars Celebration, uh, Joseph, uh, before we dive into Resistance, some uh, I guess we'll say an announcement. As far as we can say now about yeah. Star Wars Celebration and Force Center. A beta announcement, maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, as of right now, you yeah. and I will be there. Yes. So there will be a Force Center presence. Mm-hmm. Uh, there will be uh, uh, more to come on that. We're both doing some Schmodown stuff that has been announced. Yes, sir. Uh, and then uh, well, we've got some Force Center plans uh, uh, coming, and we'll get more yeah. details on those soon. Stuff shaping up should be pretty good, but yeah, as of right now, we will be there, and and ho- hopefully, uh, rubbing shoulders with all you out there in the big Schmodown event. You're you're definitely part of the five way battle, competing in the five way battle. The only competitor I know that's been announced is Molly Damon. Yeah, wife and trainer of the champion. Yes, Alex Damon. That's that's setting up quite a yeah. I mean, I, I I I don't like my chances. I mean, <laughs> this is going to be very difficult. I feel like, I you like know, your chances, you know, to, to cross genre references. I yeah. feel like I've fought Pikachu and Alex Damon, <laughs> and now I have to fight Ash in Molly. <laughs> She's the trainer. She knows this stuff uh, yeah, just as well, if not more. I mean, they're both great, but yeah. I think Molly is really, really knows her stuff. So that will be inside the convention in a panel. Be a lot of fun if you're out there. And a lot of you are. And a lot of you uh, kept, keep asking. And we love that. Hey, is Force Center going to be there? Force, gonna be, Force Center going to be there. We're working on that. We'll be there for that. For But more details to come as we get closer to the convention, which is pretty close. Yeah, like two minutes from now. <laughs> more details. Uh, and uh, with that, let's dive into Star Wars Resistance. We like to play catch up uh, with the fans. We we, uh, we we don't dive into full reviews, but we both uh, saw this episode this past week and we love this episode. Yeah, man. We keep saying this, like, but it keeps uh, paying off on the promise of getting mm-hmm. closer and closer. And I, I mean, uh, my wife and I sat in and watched it late last night uh, after some cocktails and I did a full woohoo uh, in, on my couch when the, we've got an important mission on Jakku. It's, yeah. it's great. It's great to yeah. just uh, see the forward movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I felt uh, I enjoyed the episode. I felt yeah. a little teased by it of like, come on, Poe, check out the temple. Like, I know you're being shot at, but like, it was like, well, great mission. There's a temple. I don't have any time to do anything more. Anything. There's some, yeah. Uh, it, I think it's, I'm not criticizing it. It's, yeah, yeah. it was just like, 
tantalizing. It, no, right? I, I know exactly what you mean because it just was like, you know, the lid off Pandora's box has been moved. Yeah. And there's a lot more to come. And this this episode got me really excited in the sense of, hey, you know, we're not getting a lot about the First Order yet in canon. We got hints and this and that and characters mentioned. This is like the first time on this show all the way, but this is the real first uh, course of a, of a meal we yeah. want more of where it makes sense. Where I love one of the new things in, in new Star Wars canon, you take something like the Death Star. George creates the Death Star and says, yay, it's this ball of space. Well, now we get explanations that are realistic and real world and span over 20 years on how that got built. Yeah. Well, now finally a little bit on Starkiller Base. Yeah, it's, I think it's going to make it uh, more important to fans as we get to spend more time with it. And it isn't just, you know, another big yeah. space killing machine. Um, <laughs> I also just liked how uh, open for interpretation right now, what is actually happening? Yeah. Because the planets, it, it felt like at first it was like, oh, cool, the sun's gone. So they tested the Starkiller base on these planets. But then the hole that they fly in looks like, did they try a prototype version of Starkiller base on a different planet? And then, I, if so, what does that do to the Ilum rumors? Yeah. Yeah, no, this is great. Let's dive into this for a second because I, the sun thing is awesome and you get it right away. Yeah. Got it. And then I had the same thought. Oh, they're they're like target practicing. Yeah. No, I think they're coring out planets. But maybe those weren't supposed to be the planets. Maybe they were testing that. Yeah. And Ilum's never been confirmed, but it's a delicious theory. Yeah. Not confirmed, of course. But yeah, I took it as that. But it, it, I love that it's not clear. Yeah, it's it's really exciting. And then adding on to that lack of clarity. Well, I like that they really confirm, like, it must be for resources, right? Yeah. I'm like, no, it doesn't appear to be. Right. So you, you can check that off the list. Uh, and then add a temple. On top of it, and right, like, right. is this, are we, is that like a little uh, toe into like, what is, what are the, mm-hmm. the force use beliefs? Right. Is it something about where Snoke came from, where light side users from the unknown regions came from? Or is it just like they're saying a very old culture with right. different, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, 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 you know, this unknown regions, outer rim thing, Poe's referencing, yeah, you see these things around, but really like ancient cultures. Yeah. It's clearly been the blaster fire was there a fight we have we have uh, obviously children there that's why Kaz picks up that that doll the toy uh and no answers and i love that yeah is it a book is it a comic is it later on in this show i don't know but it just means somewhere someplace some minds are thinking about it yeah and have the answer i just wanted to yell at Kaz like go show that doll to the kids who live with the turtle people which is i love that i get to yell those kind of sentences but because I, I, I feel like he knows that there's mm-hmm. stuff going on in that area because of those kids. Yes. Right? He's so heard I'm, that, yeah. Yeah, so I'm really curious that those kids are like, oh, yeah, that's the Temple of the Wave Hands or whatever, you know, Force users uh, the way, are tem- called. The temple yeah. of the Wave Hands is right there. <laughs> I got to tell you, I had this other little two, two-pronged reaction, uh, one cute, one sad. So when Poe says, hey, BB-8, we got to go yeah. to this mission, right? Uh, we're going to Jakku. I'm thinking the first reaction is, oh, BB-8 is days away from meeting Ray. Yeah. That's adorable. He's got a new friend coming. He doesn't even know. And then I thought, somewhere in the galaxy, Han Solo doesn't know his life is very, very close to ending. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's really sad. That's hard. Yeah. That's really hard, especially knowing that they contemplated having Han 
in yeah. an earlier episode of Resistance. Right. Yeah, because time's running out for Han Solo to yeah. appear on Resistance. He, he's Aww. got those rat tars on the Irvana and, and Chewie, and he doesn't know <laughs> the end is near, and it made me really sad. But he's going to be reunited with the Falcon. <laughs> That's uh, true. Ah, uh, so beautiful. That's true. I had one last thought about Resistance. Yeah. I'm going to say it now because it's crazy. I don't think it's going to happen, but it was the first time that it popped in my mind. When Kaz tripped and shot the droid, I, I thought it was like, oh, this is this is some Star Wars comedy. But there was something about the way it was executed made me wonder, are they going to drift into a Force story and Kaz is going to end up being a Force user, a really latent Force user? Okay. Like, because I was thinking about like, well, where does this story go? We're going to mm-hmm. talk about tone of Star Wars. So far, yep. there's not been any real discussion of Force. We haven't met any Church of the Force kind of mm-hmm. people who believe in it. Yeah. But, you know, Kaz was sucking at that video game and made that a couple episodes back and made that comment of like, it's so much easier when it's in real life, which yeah. could just be like hubris. But then the, the actual tripping with the blaster had a little bit of that, like, uh, in Phantom Menace when Anakin shoots the, the Trade Federation oh, ship. And like, yeah, on screen, it's kind of like a whoops accident. And, you know, in, in the novelization, it's retconned to be the yeah. force and i think you can easily in your your head go that that's what's that's happening yeah it's, it's anakin he's the, yeah. the chosen one yeah and just but it, at first it was like yeah that's that i i honestly don't think it will happen but it was interesting to me because they blow past last jedi that's an interesting story to tell yeah. of an older person who comes into this and like how does that interact with ray yeah is she starting at school right. is you know Kaz is a student. Yeah. Confirmed. Yeah. Kaz is a student. That's interesting. I my my thought when I saw that was like, ah, it's reminiscent of, of Jar Jar saving the day with a trip, you know? Yep. Which is which is it's fine. But uh I'm open to something like that. I didn't think of because one of these days we're gonna go, maybe at the end of the season, we'll go deep into resistance here. Yeah, you have to play out what's going to happen. Yeah. What's, and, and Kaz, what is his value other than, you know, he's a cool dude and a nice guy. Yeah. And learning things around the galaxy. But, yeah, where do you go with him? Yeah, yeah, as a character. Yeah. Ooh, I mean, our first klutzy Jedi. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Jedi Master Klutz. <laughs> All right, that's our look at Star Wars Resistance. Yeah, when the season wraps up, and it's not too far away from wrapping up, we'll do a, a deep dive uh, and what we learned and what we enjoyed in the first season of Star Wars Resistance. With that done, we all uh, jump to news. Jennifer is out, like we said, so that means, Joseph, you've got the helm. That's right, and our first bit of news is I apologize to Jennifer because I can't do it as well as she does. That's true. Uh, but we are going to dive in. New of uh, uh, merch event and name. This is huge. This is huge. Uh, Triple Force Friday. Uh, man. So there are going to be products spanning uh, all sorts of categories from toys to collectibles, housewares, books, apparel, and more. Mm-hmm. They will all go on sale beginning at 12.01 a.m. Not 12 a.m., 12.01 on October 4th. Uh, Triple Force, it's called Triple Force because the merch is from Episode 9, The Mandalorian, and Jedi Fallen Order, and also Frozen 2, which is a side <laughs> conversation. But that's fascinating as well. Uh, so, man, I was pleasantly surprised by mm-hmm. this announcement for a lot of different reasons. What, what was your gut reaction? Uh, my gut reaction was, hey, it's 
back in the sense of this is something bigger, right? Yeah. Force Friday. And then the, after that, we, we had them, or but they seemed to diminish. Right? Yeah, and there was no solo nothing. I mean, the, the, the longstanding problem in conversation was you couldn't even find the solo merchandise at the yeah. time. So I'm excited about that. The name, I saw a ton of people making the joke of, here's the episode nine title, Triple Force Friday. <laughs> yeah, that, that's funny. <laughs> but, and I, I'll uh, pass the ball back to you here in a second, but I am really interested the fact that Jedi Fallen Order is getting main event status. Yeah. That's interesting to me. Yeah, enough that they would call it Triple Force Friday. I was thinking that about, like, well, video game, there certainly is video game merch, but a lot Mm -hmm. of time action figures or, you know, any sort of shirts don't come for a video game until it's a proven hit. So I'm wondering if it's just that the video game is releasing on October 4th, and then maybe there's, like, a cool controller or a limited edition you know, PlayStation and Xbox, that's like so that they're trying to put their back behind it. But I feel like merch for a new video game yeah. is video game and directly video game related. Or maybe they're going to break the mold and just assume like, yep, you are going to all love this. So here are 800 T-shirts. I could I could see a little bit of that, but I think you're more right. This this reeks of those uh, GameStop midnight releases. Yeah. You know, yeah. You get here for Call of Duty 19 at midnight and everything. And and that would make some sense yeah. related to that. And yeah, I know because it's it's story mode, so maybe we'll have some figures, but that that battlefront we had books. Yeah. I much I wanted an Versio figure. Oh uh and now we get the Lego, but they didn't actually release one. It was just a uh, Inferno Squadron soldier. Oh, it wasn't it, it Iden? wasn't Iden. Specifically? It wasn't, uh, which was disappointing to me. And that was even that was just like a Walgreens exclusive or yeah. Walmart exclusive, one of the exclusive six inch black series. So that's interesting to me of like, do we do they put the full lean into a video game character that they don't oh, know yeah. we love yet? That might be interesting if they do just kind of make a, a little bit more wider uh, right. collection of kinds of things. Um I was also just shocked because as we've talked about, video game releases are often like Right. Oh, sorry. Uh, whoops. Uh, we're right. not going to release that after all. Right. Um, but I think confirming it, they must be like, we are happy with this. It is ready to ship. Yeah. Which is really cool. Really cool. I mean, uh, we need it in the video game. <laughs> Star Wars yeah. video game. Yeah. Have some confidence. Get going with us. Yeah. Um, what do you think it means for timing of release of Mandalorian? Because October 4th is later. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit later than it has been because it's usually mm-hmm. been right at the be- end of August, beginning of September. Correct. Because uh, I'm always at Dragon Con. Yeah. Uh, the, the, <laughs> yeah. These are just how I remember. You're, you're uh, buying things <laughs> in the airport as you're yeah, flying I'm out of trying. Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's a little bit later, which mm-hmm. might just be a little bit more spoiler control. But mm-hmm. do you think the Mandalor- that means that the Mandalorian will already have been released, is about to be released? I, I think... If I'm going to put some money down, I'm saying it's a, it's going to be released, right? That's, yeah. that's where I, October 4th, you're right. That's the next point. It usually is, yeah, uh, that, that September time period, the first week. So are they finding some middle ground to get you ready for Disney Plus? Look yeah. at this stuff. Look at these figures. Isn't this awesome? Look at this merch. Look at this, uh, you know, uh, uh, warmer for your hands, you know, or, or oven mitt is what I'm thinking it's a of. a Nick Nolte shower curtain, <laughs> yeah, you know, for the Mandalorian. Exactly. Um, and then it's released a week later or that weekend. Yeah. 
I don't know. I don't know if you'd put the Mandalorian and Jedi Fallen Order out on the same weekend and just take all of our free time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that is, that is a big question. Um, I guess the last thing that I would like to talk about on this is just the confirmation that they're not gonna let, even though it's a little uh, clumped to de- together, that they're not gonna let the first live action Star Wars television show just quietly pass by. Right. And that they're going to celebrate it. And, you know, I my mind when merch, I focus so much on toys. Mm-hmm. And I'm fascinated to see, like, are they, are you going to go to Target or Walmart and there's episode nine toys and the Mandalorian toys and they're, you know, branded a little bit differently or mm-hmm. they can manage to kind of make them all kind of combine. But just the idea that, no, the Mandalorian's going to be celebrated. You're going right. to be able to have your full Star Wars experience of, all the normal things, you know, the lunch boxes and the bed sheets and everything. That's next to the point because, yeah, I, I immediately go to figures. You you go to probably, uh, I go to six inch figures. You go to three and three quarter figures. <laughs> That's right. Maybe some Lego sets. A couple yeah. Funko Pops. And, yeah. and, and a coloring book. The Pedro Pascal coloring book <laughs> is coming. But you're right. It, it, it does show that this is, we keep saying, this is what the, they're putting a lot into, the streaming service Disney overall. And, and this this shows uh, that that is uh, what's going to happen. Uncle Bob wants some Mandalorian toys. Yeah, that's right. And we will get uh, plenty. So uh, speaking of toys, we will move on to the New York Toy Fair. Uh, They revealed a bunch of Star Wars toys, uh, including hyper-real Darth Vader, uh, which (laughs) sounds frightening and awesome. They introduced a new retro collection, uh, which is unlike the vintage series, which just has the packaging of classic figures. This is the full actual figures looks like kind of as they were molded back in the day, starting with original, uh, a new hope action figures. Uh, in there also including that, which it really thrills me, the escape the death star board game, which I used to play as a child with my teddy bear. I've talked about before talk about again, a uh, bunch of new six inch black series, <laughs> new right. vintage figures, including the skiff in a Jabba's palace playset. Yeah. Uh, nothing at the toy fair about the, about, uh, the n- traditional three and three quarter line, but no, yeah, uh, there'll be plenty. I'm sure with episode nine, the Mandalorian, the memory of you and a teddy bear and a game <laughs> is enough to carry me through. It's strong. <laughs> it's strong. That's what I'm most excited about. Uh, so yeah, I mean, this is just, uh, this is a little, is a news item is a little bit just more like, look, all of our traditional star Wars stuff is continuing. Yeah. You know, and, and even more fun new things uh, like that hyper real Darth Vader. So is there anything in this that you are super excited about? That skiff, that the, yeah. the Jabba's play, Palace playset looked awesome. I I don't think I'm gonna need to race that and get that one. It's a recreation of the playsets, yeah. of some of the playsets. In that it looks awesome, and then it's also just like these are a couple of walls <laughs> for a hundred ten dollars or whatever, <laughs> whatever the yeah. price, whatever it's priced to go at. The skiff, uh, I I want that one. I need the do back. Um, I need Luke's land speeder. Like I have the Ray speeder. I have the infant's nest speeder. And those are hard to say. I don't want more of. Yeah. You know, they're they're really impressive, uh, and the skiff looks. Yeah, I need to clear some shelf space. I don't yeah. know if I can. Uh, also, in the, uh, the six inch figures, obviously, there's a lot, and you see them. The, uh, the every one of them looked great. Uh, the one that I love, the Holdo figure. Holdo looks awesome and wonderful, yeah, elegant he, figure. It's a main character in yeah. a major Star Wars film. We need more Holdo. Uh, yeah, all the vintage ones look good, uh, but I'm really excited by the Praetorian Guard. I just like, I yeah. want more Praetorian Guards, and yeah, the I mean, vintage one looks great. I stopped buying Funko Pops, right? The other day I was at uh, Walgreens, I bought the Praetorian, uh, Praetorian Guard Walgreens exclusive Funko Pop because... 
Yes, I need yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which reminds me, I did have a Star Wars adventure that my wife got me in Praetorian Guard uh, Pez Dispenser for Valentine's Day. Oh, my Very God. nice. Yeah. Yeah, because it opens at the neck right where Ray cut <laughs> that exact That's Praetorian what... Guard, so it's canonically accurate. Praetorian Guard Pez Dispenser. Uh, anyways, add to cart all these toys. Yeah, yeah, so uh, we'll talk about those more as we buy them. Uh, moving on, uh, there is a weird tweet that mm. The Mandalorian may have finished filming. So I dug down into this. Hey. Oh, boy. So in a, a Twitter account for a film, congratulated a person who is working on that film who might possibly also be working on The Mandalorian, saying congrats for finishing season one of Mandalorian. And then it had attached a photo of a Mandalorian helmet with a bunch of signatures. So, man, in, in the whole history of twisty Star Wars uh, news content, this is one of those. Yeah, it probably did wrap, but that was not an official news yeah. source. And that tweet is deleted. <laughs> and that person is deleted. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, did you get anything out of this other than, yeah, uh, of course, Mandalorian is wrapping soon. I think that's, I hate to be that, that kind of uh, Debbie Downer. That was my reaction. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's done. Yeah, they're yeah. wrapping soon. Yeah, yeah. Why, why did you tweet that? Yeah. <laughs> why did you Instagram that? I think the the thing that was exciting to me about it was, I, I think it was the words, but I think it was also on the picture of the helmet, of mm. the wrap of season one. Right. Which even, and again, this could be all miscommunication of all kinds, but it's exciting to me the idea of this might not just be a one-off, but there's a hope of like, yeah, if this goes well, we have more ideas. Yeah, that's a, that's a, it's a good thing to take from it. I inferring that there's more to come. I hope so. Whereas like I could mentally accept Cassian being a one-off a limited series or whatever they, they want to call it. Um, any other shows that come beyond that. Um, but yeah, Mandalorian, because we don't know, you know, it seems to fit in the galaxy in its own little corner. Yeah, it's breaking new ground in yeah. a time period that we haven't heard a lot about, so it's more exciting to be like, yeah, keep going. Keep going. Bring it, bring it, bring it. Right, because how many series does Cassian have before he's got a he's got a beach date on Scarif, unfortunately? <laughs> he's got to go. <laughs> um, I've got to go to the Rings of Cafrain. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, where I wear Mandalorian, like, hopefully it does well, and then the budget increases, and much like Game of Thrones Season 1, I've been re-watching Season 1 right now. It's like, oh, that's clearly a, a tiny soundstage <laughs> they're having this yep. fight on. They got more money and the Mandalorian more and more money would be uh, be good to to increase what they could do with the show yeah absolutely so. uh, more signatures on that helmet yes. that gets tweeted out when it probably shouldn't mm-hmm. uh, and the big one the mm-hmm. one that's real JJ Abrams tweeted that episode 9 is wrapped he said it feels impossible but today wrapped photography on episode 9 there's no adequate way to thank this truly magical crew and cast I'm forever indebted to you all and then attached to that, a photo full of emotions and clues. Uh, so any general reaction to the wrap of episode nine? And then we'll get into the photo a little bit. As always, I'm excited uh, that somewhere, someone, it might be only seven people and two of them, J.J. Abrams, <laughs> that know what happens, right? Right. That's Maybe all. a couple editors. Yes. It's always exciting to me that somewhere out there in the galaxy, all of our answers are on like a, well, not a film reel anymore, but a digital files, a collection <laughs> of digital files somewhere. So that's exciting. And the picture's great. It does take back. I saw a lot of people tweeting out pictures of like that Star Wars celebration in 2015, Anaheim of them as the young cast, you yeah, know, the, the, the new faces. Yeah, the baby big three. Yeah. yeah and here we are. That's them. Uh, and, 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 you know, again, it's such an um, 
Oscar Isaac wasn't really supposed to be part of this, right? Poe right. was supposed to die as our new urban legend, and 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 the fact that he he's he's there, his his personality as a performer and as a character carried him to to he is part of the big three of of the good guys, the good team, the light side. I love that. Yeah, I love that. yeah, I love that. And Ray's hair. Yeah. Did you did you feel <laughs> emotional just uh, I, I about the like? I had to like. I can't believe it's already almost over. Almost over. Feels like it's gone so fast. I mean, it literally has gone faster than the original and the prequels in terms of the release. I had one of those moments uh, talking with uh, Grace, my girlfriend, and she said, "How long have you known uh, Joseph and, and his wife Sarah?" And I was like, "Ah, like two, three years." Three. No way. Force Awakens was four years ago. <laughs> yeah. I met Joseph a year before. Oh my gosh, yeah. we're. It's been a while. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's getting there. And then you look at this picture and you go, "Oh my gosh!" It seems like just yesterday, Lucasfilm was bought by Disney in October to, or in fall two thousand twelve. Now here we are, these yeah. three veterans. And yes, time has a funny way, and and it just uh, it's it's comforting to me. Yeah. Yeah. In a way. All right. Let's put on our nerd analysis hats then. <laughs> so we got some things going on here in this photo. Uh, we have uh, Finn's awesome hair, which that's just great. Uh, but also I think does really suggest like this is, as we've all been uh, expecting, not two minutes after The Last Jedi. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah, that's yeah. not. Uh, I think for me, obviously, it's Ray's got a little bit more classic hair. Yeah. She looks like her costume could be any number of things, you know, it could just be, I, I continue to like uh, having my uh, uh, wrappings on my wrist. That's just, <laughs> that's my style. That's my thing. Uh, but it does look like her staff there. Uh, it does. The a lot of people. Of her staff. I'm sorry, excuse me, Darth Plagueis' Dar- staff. Darth Plagueis' all, staff. As we all them. used to <laughs> wonder. Uh, uh, yeah, that, we saw a lot of tweets. Ray, uh, Ray still has her, her staff, so all those questions about what does she build yeah, uh, is it is? Are there blades in there? Are yeah, there kyber crystals in there. I don't know if we'll have the answer. I think it's possible to have both. Maybe the lightsaber just sticks out of the middle of the staff. Yeah, just yeah. I. You know what I? I really had refrained of uh, looking too deep on this picture, and I was in our Force Center Discord, which you can access through our Patreon page. And I said I will give my thoughts on the show. You know, I uh, yeah. Joseph and I are going to talk about this. I, you know, I really hadn't looked at, at Finn's hair until you mentioned it. That is some good hair. It's awesome. Hair. It's a different hairstyle. It might be a little helmet hair. Maybe he's got a, a cap he had worn or something. Uh, Poe Dameron's almost got a Obi Wan uh, mullet going from this angle. There's oh some, yeah, you know, yeah. But he's got uh, he's got the sideburns to match. So the sideburns are classic Star Wars. That's something that to me it would be like Oscar Isaac was like, you know what I want? Some Star Wars yeah, sideburns. Yeah, I don't look like those dudes in the seventies. Those British dudes who were just in there for two days yeah. to shoot that scene. And um, from the blurry background, it looks like we got the cover of who's next in the background there uh, <laughs> but i know it's probably something more closer to a fuel cell or evaporator or something yeah but we got a we got desert right desert we're we here got, in desert right we got desert so that's i mean jj abrams like obviously this is an emotional photo but it's also like it's fine for you all to see this yeah which is fascinating to me right yeah, yeah. he seems to he he would not none of these favreau ryan johnson all these uh, Ron Howard, all these people have used Instagram and, and social media to to send these kind of shots out. It's very well thought, right? It's it's very not never random. So <sighs> Tatooine, Jakku, to me, this looks more like Jakku. If we're just going to go wild, yeah, speculation, yeah. So to me, I, I thought of uh, the things that jumped to my mind was this could Ray. You know, this doesn't mean these three people are in this scene at this location looking like this, right? Correct. Correct. So this could be, you know, a, a flashback for Ray. It could be that they go to Jakku or mm-hmm. Tatooine for some reason. And I thought, 
mm-hmm. even jumped to my mind, like, maybe it's even a flash forward. Maybe that's what will be different about the end of episode nine. That it won't be like it ends. <laughs> you know, maybe we're going to get like full up Return of the King ending of Star Wars. That it isn't like they win the battle and then they pose. But what wouldn't it be amazing since we, you know, Last Jedi and Force Awakens switched up the classic endings. Yeah. Big battle ended. What is is this five years after the war is over and, you know, Poe and Finn are visiting their old friend Ray who's teaching students on Jakku? Look, I got to tell you that that nothing you've said there makes me squirm. I like all that. Nice. I, as someone who loves Return of the King, who loves the appendices, appendices endings and, and like finding out what's happened or what goes on post the end of the battles, that would be interesting to me. Yeah. Because if we're wrapping up nine, uh, nine films in a way, I, I like, I like it fade out fade in six space months later i don't yeah. know i i would would everyone out there like that I, I don't know if it would be widely accepted yeah again going to return of the king a lot of people still make fun of that yeah um it worked for rebels uh, i did work for rebels you know and it, it gave people a little bit more emotional closure on each individual yeah. character as we you know as a society get a little bit more like want to be a little bit more in depth on characters but yeah we will talk about this photo more this is our first chance to speculate responsibly and get some things probably wrong it's so interesting that you and i just look at this picture we don't really talk about it off air we just said we'll get to the show and here it is we have to stop ourselves (laughs) from one photo that is the power of star wars that's right we'll do a whole episode on this photo maybe i'm sure we could uh but that is the news that is the news that is the news uh more to come i think it's starting to heat up i think we're starting to get some official bits of information i'm sure we'll get some of the the title all i think that's coming yeah but not yet. But thank you for taking us through the news. Uh, in Jennifer's absence, Joseph, uh, before we dive into our main topic, the tone of Star Wars, we want to recommend an audiobook for you to try out on us. Today's recommendation, Joseph, is... Last Shot by Danielle Jose Older. Uh, partially because I think it's a book that plays with the tone of Star Wars really successfully. And, well, I have a couple parts of the book that I'm like, eh, I'm not sure about that. I think about moments in this book all the mm. time that have really sunk in and are really awesome, and I think uh, people should really check this out. It is not just a tie-in to Solo. Yeah. It has a ton of really cool, deep ideas about some of the biggest characters in Star Wars. It absolutely does. Han stepping on space Lego bricks is <laughs> there, uh, but a lot of other things there as well. It is an underrated book, I think, at times. And to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook. You said that book. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market has a lot of good things going on with Star Wars Tone. What is Star Wars Tone? We're going to dive into that question here today. We discussed a little bit last week, Joseph, in the news, Tika Waititi, uh, talking about the upcoming Mandalorian TV series, which he is directing at least one episode, sometimes I think two, but that's depending on what site you read on the internet. <laughs> uh, and uh, his his personal style as a, as a storyteller and director is, is very well known. It can be picked out of a lineup very easily. Easily. And there's a question of, he was asked, will his style fit in with the classic feel of Star Wars? He said this, we're going to reset it here so we have our topic. Star Wars is very different to Marvel style, which he explained during a panel at the Television Critics Association's biannual event. Um, they know that the tone of the first films really should be kind of adhere, adhered to. That's what the fans like, and you can't really disrespect that. I guess is a nicer way of saying, I can't put too many jokes in. Definitely my tone is in there. The dialogue and stuff like that goes on to talk about Boba Fett and and things looking cool and and you get the sense he he is a Star Wars fan and he's going to do do well. But this this was an interesting question because when his name was announced, yeah, we all know his style. I love his style. What we do in the shadows, one of my favorite little comedies. Um, it's uh, I'm a fan of Flight of the Concords, which is a similar style that it's got a New New Zealand vibe. It's, it's yeah, it's weird. Um, and then he takes it to something big like Marvel. Joseph, I'll start there before we really dive in. Um, Tika Waititi and his style, what he's talking about Marvel. You're you're a Marvel guy. Yeah. Uh, I know you talk about Star Wars a lot here, but you know superheroes just as well. Thor, Ragnarok, which I love. Yeah. It was a little bit of departure. Yeah. I think it really took what is uh, was kind of played around with in the MCU and almost canonized a 
really human but really funny take on Thor in particular. That mm-hmm. he's a hero, but he kind of hits things with hammers, and he's a little slower than some of our other heroes. He's a well-intentioned, big, strong, noble guy, but with that comes a little, maybe, maybe not, mm-hmm. you know, he's not beaten uh, Tony Stark at chess. Right. Uh, and and playing with, like, the true, like, emotional weirdness of the Hulk mm-hmm. being Bruce Banner. So, like, I feel like all of his comedy is grounded in the characters, but it's bigger, it's wilder, and it is... Um, very, very real world. Uh, yes. References the real world a lot. I um, mean, you, you know, yeah. when you have, a, you know, a rock monster saying piss off ghosts. Yeah. You know, that's all like real, real world kind of humor. I always say it, but I, I say it because it's, it's that, that shake weight joke, which worked for me is a, this is a reference that be that that's a late night comedy joke reference, you yeah. know. But can it fit into this universe? And I and I think it does. It stands out, but it it stands out because it's funny. You said as quirky as Tika Waititi can be, it is character based. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of Christopher Guest stuff, where yes, it is this wild, improv, crazy dog show character, but it's based out of some kind of reality because that's the best kind of comedy. I think. yeah yeah. So I mean, he types into that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we meet Valkyrie, and she's. Uh, tipsy from drinking too much and does a big comedy pratfall, but then you come to learn, like, there's a reason that she's in a bad place. So right. that pratfall is supporting where she's going as a character. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how that fits into Star Wars because Star Wars does have a tone. It does have a feel. All this got us thinking about the tone of Star Wars. So Joseph, let's start at the big <laughs> let's start at the big one. I don't know if this can fully be answered in one show <laughs> because it's a lifetime of feeling. Uh what do you think of when you hear the tone of Star Wars? Yeah, I think of a couple different things. I think for me that it is a cocktail of different ideas and you can decrease it. You can have a, something fit the tone of Star Wars because it's got uh, 30% of everything. Mm-hmm. Or you can take one ingredient and go, uh, you know, in this one, it's up to 70%. So this other one's down to 10%. And I think almost all those uh, ingredients are kind of uh, early 20th century genre, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because you have fantasy, you have romance, you have comedy, you have action-adventure serial, you have even noir mystery. You know, you have all of these things that you could buy a comic book of or pick up a dusty old book of. Right. Uh, in And I think that, to me, is the main tonal ingredients of Star Wars. And then, for my own, what I desire out of Star Wars, I think that the old and the new being mashed up together. Mm. And I think that's, we, everybody always says that lived in aesthetic was so different. And like, yep, it's beautiful aesthetically. Right. But what I think it's getting to is it makes the characters feel more real. Mm-hmm. That this galaxy is a real place where people are uh, living real lives. But then on the more like romantic mythic end of it, that feeling that you get from a new hope right away when you have the weight of Obi-Wan Kenobi saying, that's a name I've not heard in a long time, a long time. I think it speaks to something deep and true in the human experience that we're never just in the present moment. Mm -hmm. We always have to deal with what has come before. And we're always like Luke looking at the twin sons, looking at what's ahead. So to me, that is the best star Wars experience has that really deep sense of you're dealing with the baggage of the past while so desperately trying to figure out your future. That's the show folks. Just explained (laughs) it perfectly. Um, No, a hundred percent. You know, I, I think when I think of Star Wars or the tone or the feel, I, I think the George joke, faster, more tense, yeah. fun. I want fun and joy. But then I look at Rogue One and 
K2SO's got some joy. There's not a lot of joy in there, but there's some great comedy moments. Yeah. So it's still there to me. But the reason Rogue One matches up to some of the other things when I talk about faster and intense and joy and and childlike wonder is at the end of it is some kind of valuable lesson. And I got to have this feeling. And we all go, I think, to the twin sons moment. Yeah. Luke looking out there, you can connect to that as a, a wanderlust. You can connect it as youthful or what you said specifically about looking ahead to. And, and, and it is this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. I think, Get yeah. it, got it, good. I understand now. It is true. <laughs> it's it, Star Wars has never been blatant like some things in like the late 70s and early 80s were, where they literally had a moral at the end, like He-Man right. or whatever. Right. But it is it has always been didactic. It's always had like, these are teachable moments. Like, you, right. teachers, you can make a workbook out of this. <laughs> Did Darth Vader make a good decision here? Yes or no? Let's discuss morally. You know, in yeah. how much that needs to be a part of the tone of Star Wars yeah. is, are there ideas here that you can take to your life? Yes. I, I really, I mean, how many times we repeat it, we repeat it, we repeat it, because I think it's true at the center of it is, can you, can you look at a 12 year old on the cusp of adulthood and say, here's, here's what you just described your workbook. Yeah. And, I, and that is to me the center of it, but that means it's just, it's the modern myth take. So, but along the way, it's like, I think you forget that. And you get pulled into the wild, crazy, fun adventure and the cool things and the blasters and all those things. But that's just that's just a wonderful frosting on this this feeling at the end of the day that it's treated very real. Yeah. Talk about Peter Jackson making the Lord of the Rings movies and saying all of this, the wizards, the elves, the orcs have to be treated as if it was real, yeah. not fantasy. And I think that's what George did so well in A New Hope. Yeah. Wild, crazy, everything. You felt like you knew every one of these people. Uh, and that came through just how, the, because there's a lot of humor in A New Hope. Yeah. It's funny. Absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, I think we talk about, a, I think tone comes up like this uh, yeah. with uh, with this discussion specifically about comedy. Yeah. And big, bold, wacky comedy has been in there since A New Hope. Which is why I initially, I was one of the people, oh, I love Tika Waititi. How's that going to work? Yeah. How, how is that going to work? And then it, the more I'm thinking about it, no, I think he's, what he's saying in this quote is he's, he's smart enough to know that this exists, this feel of Star Wars. Um, but he's going to bring his stuff and it's going to work because I think of Han talking to the story. Everything. We're all fine here now where everything's like, yeah, that is a Tika Waititi moment. I was thinking <laughs> about that too. Like the moment of Han running after the stormtroopers, Right. Like, uh, and then having, especially in the special edition, a ton of them and then realizing <laughs> I've made a poor decision. That feels like straight out of Thor Ragnarok. Yes. You know? So I, I do think that he's going to be able to nail it. Uh, but I think it's awesome. He's, yeah. Being mindful of it. I think that's important there. Uh, what are, we just talked about two right there. What, what are some of the best examples of Star Wars tone in your mind? It's, it's a hard lesson to, to maybe articulate down to a, a young student in a class, but pull down that, uh, that board, Joseph, and, <laughs> and what does the professor have out there? Yeah. I think for me, for classic, actual original trilogy, what jumped to my mind is the whole cantina scene from beginning to end. Not only do you have all of the alien menagerie of this is the galaxy we're in, all of these different exciting, exotic kinds of sentient beings, you got Obi-Wan Kenobi whipping out his lightsaber and, you know, doing the classic Jedi like, look, I'll just buy you a drink. No? Okay, then I'm going to remove a limb. That's the way it goes. Uh, Down to the roguish, cool guy of Han Solo. You got some great comedy in there with Han and Luke and even Obi-Wan of like, should I have heard of it? 
You know, like there's so much in there. Then you got the band that's got that, that specific way that Star Wars interacts with the real world, which is let's have some real world references, but let's pull them from a little bit older time from when the film is made. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. uh, it's not a rock band. It's figuring, not a disco band. Figure Dan is Benny Goodman from yeah. about 30, 40 years ago from when it was originally made, which yeah. is a little scary now because now I feel like episode nine is going to have some Guns N' Roses. No, that's not right. <laughs> uh, but it gave it that older world style. Uh, that's an even back then. Excellent example. You know, minus obviously, you know, Princess Leia uh, might be and Darth Vader aren't there, right? All right, fine. But yes, that, and that might be why George always had some problems with that scene. Yeah, Maybe he felt right. that was the core. You are walking into this wonderful world, but it's a bar and there's all these things in it. And what we just talked about, we got fun, we got jokes. Look, sorry for the mess. Sorry for the mess is hilarious. Hilarious, real world. You want to talk about real world, you know, we could talk, I, I, you know, Finn, you got a boyfriend, cute boyfriend. Sometimes I look at and go, oh, does that fit? Sorry for the mess. Maybe it's, I think it's like it's a little better, but that's a joke. Yeah. That's a straight up character based joke. That's in there. And then at the end of the day, you get the sense of this this empire means something. We're seeing it. Yeah. It's felt here. Right. They want nothing. Well, that's the real trick, isn't it? Yeah. Han Solo wants nothing to do with them. And and that 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 sense of something bigger's going on there. And then Luke, hey, uh, I just want a drink. Next thing you know, his buddy's cutting arms off. Yeah. I'm ready for anything. I can't even order a drink. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that that might be a great Great idea that you've put forth there of just this is the sequence that's the core of a lot of the early tone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, How about for you? For me, I look, I go to Empire Strikes Back next. If, if yeah. we can dive into, uh, we've already mentioned a lot of New Hope, but I, I look at uh, Battle of Hoth and the sequence of Hoth and what that means and how the battle teaches us mm. a lot about what it looks to, I, I, I describe it as looking up at the Empire when you're fighting them as, as a rebellion, but also in the middle of that, we got... Hurry up, Goldenrod. We got to love Leia. Get her out on the Falcon. Get her out on the Falcon. And here's this great scene that's showing Leia's a leader. She's sticking around. Han's there. And then you got this, this uh, you know, uh, Hepburn, uh, 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 Bogart type of like back and forth. Yeah. Where I love when he goes for her and she jumps to the other side. And so Kirshner's playing with all that stuff too. And that is this realistic battle that they're losing. Yeah. And you got Luke with the lightsaber is showing like, wow, okay. Mm-hmm. He is, you know, a big presence. Right. And, a, you know, a valuable asset to the rebellion. And got skills and they're multiplying. Um, <laughs> he's Lou, never. Um, but also that there too, where, where amongst the big, and I, we use this word a lot, cool, right? I do believe cool is part of Star Wars. Absolutely. Uh, the way it looks, Tico Waititi talks about that quote going on about Boba Fett. Boba Fett, it looked cool. All that's going on, these walkers, and it pulled you in as a kid, but the more you watch it over and over, the little moments there, you're learning things from it. You're learning things about Leia in that moment. You're learning things about Han. He's free to go, but he's sticking around yeah. for some reason. And Luke all that's that there. killed. Yeah. Because yes. he doesn't have the patience. He's being a yes. warrior instead of a, a leader or a Jedi. Absolutely. Yeah, and so that, that that is part of it there, too. It's like, you know, it's not just... You know, I, I we need a lightsaber fight. Well, why? What are you learning from the lightsaber fight? Yeah, that's what. That's why we have them. Not they. Yes, they are cool on certain levels. Uh, uh, that's what I see. It's not just darkness and fighting. Yeah, what, what do we got there? What do we get from the characters? And what do we learn for the overall picture? Yeah, I also think of just uh, Solo as an example of classic Star Wars tempo, and I think that might change from time to time. But the way Solo goes from 
one adventure to the other. It has human moments. It has human beats. You learn a lot about the characters, but you know, the original trilogy has that feel of this is a serial and you could imagine, Oh no, they're in the, this moist, damp, mysterious cave. Mm -hmm. And now it's a cliffhanger and you have to wait until next week to see how do they get out of the damp cave? You know, it's interesting. I'm having a lot of fun read, reading the solo adaptation comic yeah. Because it's it's broken up like that, right? I yeah. mean, it's issue four is out right now, and it does. And and Solo's a great example to me when when people ask me, I just had this asked recently at a party, you know, uh, oh, how can you explain Solo? And I was, you know, <laughs> I was had sang- for hours is out. sangria in me, and I'm like, you know, this awesome Star Wars movie. Yeah, this fu- there is the feel, and, and I'm saying, I'm not saying everything's perfect. All right. Not saying everything's perfect. There's no no perfection in any of the movies. Even Empire, we talk about. We can talk about the Exogorth. For me, for me, for me. Um, Solo is a great example of what's going on. Yeah. We talk about tone. I think George Lucas would have made that movie. Absolutely. I think he really liked it because yeah. it's an adventure serial with heart and mm-hmm. all sorts of different genres, but also just that tempo of let's keep moving, let's keep moving, one one right. thing from the next. And and then at the end of the day. You learned some lessons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so solo is a great example. Um, other ones, I mean, I, I, I want to, we could do a bigger Star Wars ranked on the best tone moments in Star yeah. Wars. A Return of the Jedi has Endor, the throne room sequence is an example of darker Star Wars tone, yeah. but it's still fun in a way. Help me on that. You you know what I mean? Yeah. Where I, I, I don't, I, 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 Again, it's the Rogue One thing, but there's not a lot of comedy. Take it back. Actually, I think over your overconfidence is your weakness, your faith in your friends and yours. I think that is yours. I think that's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, but there's character still in there. It's not just evil and dark and moody. Absolutely. Yeah. Stuff I mean, going the, on the, I, I think it's thrilling. That's uh, a great, that's the thrilling adventure throne room. Right. Because it is a... It is a fight about Luke not wanting to fight. And that's actually going on the whole time. That's that's right. the conflict is, will they get our action hero to do cool fighting with his lightsaber? And it yeah. plays that great tension of, yeah, we want to see that because Star Wars is about cool things. Yeah. And if he just never fought, that would be like, eh. but, but, but we do kind of want to see that. But also on the moral side of it, that's what we want to see him is yeah. fight and fight that resistance and you know as star wars goes on and builds that that whole throne room scene becomes more complicated it's and more interesting and more meaningful the center of it i just have this vision of, of luke and vader going up that uh, elevator and luke's like ah, i'm good and turns around and goes back down. i don't want to fight you dad <laughs> right or vader's just like son you are right <laughs> uh and he just he reaches out with the force and it goes down Doctor. on the yeah <laughs> just lots of Palpatine alone. Yeah, keep cutting back uh, to Palpatine. Sit on the well, any time now? Vader. Gods, find uh, him. Vader. It's the elevator working. <laughs> um, all right, so um, what are some of the moments that are outside the classic feel and tone of Star Wars? And sub-questions, do these moments distract your experience, uh, take you out of it, uh, or, or, or just feel different? And, and this, this is a weighted question, Joseph, because I think there's some moments I can look at and say, doesn't quote feel like Star Wars, but yet at the end of the day, I, I think there's purpose in there, and it and it still plays within that that yeah that, that playing field that's still on the playing field. And some just maybe don't work. Uh, what are some of the moments for you? Uh, for me, and I think everybody has a different take on this. Uh, the there are moments that are too real world that take me out of this sort of romantic fantasy of a long time ago in a galaxy far far away. Right. Um, 
I don't think it happens in the movie. Sometimes overly technical moments will take me out because, you know, Interesting. Star Wars has this, this great balance of it's a fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now as we spend more and more time, we get more real world details and you always have to balance those nitty gritty real world details versus the fantasies. Like I want to stay in the fantasy of Han Solo jumps in his fast ship you know, and I don't want to get too many details of like, but because of the cross section book, he needs to flip this switch. So find, finding that balance, the movies I think are always pretty good about yeah. it, but I think that's a kind of big picture tone thing that I think about a lot in star Wars. Like Luke's name is the best example of like, okay. yeah, of course he shouldn't have been named Skywalker. Right. Um, but yeah. this is a romantic story of lineage. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, you, you don't want him to be named Luke, you know, Botan, <laughs> well, you know, or whatever, you know, Luke Lars is obviously the, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, and, and, and we've, I've talked about that on Star Wars counseling. I love the idea that's a tribute to Shmi. You could headcanon everything. You can make interesting stories out of it, but right. that balance between realism versus the fantasy of Star Wars. Yeah. It, so we, we talked about it a little bit in the resistance. So, you know, the Death Star is this big ominous evil thing, this orb that kills and in, in new canon, they're explaining it how you build it and the realistic nature and everything. Yet it still feels very Star Wars to me. Yeah. It's outside the tone, but it still works for me. As And that's an example of Krennic going around trying to get supplies or trying to, it, it feels part of, there's a lot of lessons for me in Krennic. Yeah. Who I think at one point might not have been, and we're talking in his youth or his late youth, and he's might not have been a bad person. You know yeah. what I mean? He just wants to be an architect and learn, and then he gets pulled in by power. And and his is a middle management struggle. Yeah, that is absolutely very epic in its own way. From the beginning of Catalyst, when he's yeah. upset about where he's seated in the auditorium. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's an example of something that's outside of tone that that works for me. Uh, stuff that doesn't work, it does, uh, you know, I go to Attack the Clones, where we we talk often about three uh, PO and the droids and his head being swapped out, where. I think it, it works on some level, but it yeah. takes me out of it because the jokes are too little real world punny for me. So I, I it, it just, I am always pulled out of Star yeah. Wars in those it, moments. Is it, I think almost that's about the comedy being too wacky. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe there's a little bit of meta of it's funnier to us as the audience because we have a relationship to C-3PO that is our fan relationship to C-3PO. Right. Like that might be a little bit of the real world, but it is just kind of like, really big and wacky slapsticky and yeah. it, it isn't as much character based. We're not learning anything new about C3PO or battle droids that we didn't know. Right. Uh, we learned that Kit Fisto smiles a lot. That's about all we learned <laughs> <laughs> from that. Yeah. Uh, so that might be where that comes from. Yeah. Where, um, where the battle of Geonosis is all star Wars tone for me in terms yeah. of just the feeling that need for the big battle and, and all those things in arena going back to like pulling from genres from mid 20th century, the sort of the, the Roman gladiator spectacles Absolutely. of the fifties the and sixties. And we're learning uh, about our characters through their actions in this, in this, yeah. this combat. We don't, yeah, you're right. We didn't, yeah. we didn't already know yeah. about three PL and battle. Trials. And for me, it's, it's the, you know, I've said it a million times, the pod racer announcers that are just like, that's gotta hurt, which is just like, that's, that's a Chris Farley joke from the nineties. And it squeezed me. was literally a Mike Myers joke from the night things that were just like directly pulled from the real world. Great. Great examples. Uh, all due respect to Foads and Bead. Yeah, yeah. It, 
it does feel it's it's fun now. I think twenty years later, I think we all can you know Greg Proops I think is going to be at the Stone yeah, Celebration, yeah. and you it's all great. These things, yeah, but yeah, I, I remember that was one of the big complaints. I was listening to some uh, ninety-seven-one FM talk in Los Angeles. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think this guy the guy's name was Leo Canyonis. He used to do a movie review show, and he was specifically talking about that back in that day of just like, well, it, there's, I mean, I could accept there's announcers in Star Wars. Yeah. But are they announcers? You know? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then pulling yeah. from actual jokes. Yeah. Um, yeah I, it, Resistance has been fascinating to me because I enjoy it so much. I think aesthetically it's, it's beautiful. It makes sense in the Star Wars world of that era with a little bit more details mm-hmm. of it. it's about supply lines. It's about all the stuff that supports a war. Right. It's about gathering information. It's about where do they eat and how do they fix ships and all that. And I think for me, it feels like a good uh, moving forward on tone. It doesn't have enough old for me sometimes. And I'm not saying it's bad. It's just, uh, mm-hmm. it's just for me. Yeah. Like I like that they've touched on Yeager has a past. Uh, right. Doza used to be a part of the empire, but they don't sort of lean into it and make you feel the weight of the history affecting these people. And maybe they will later because right now it's is is all about the young people's ignorance of the past. That's that's a great question. And, and when we look back on season one of Resistance, it's one of the things I'm sure we'll talk about a lot. But we talk about Kaz. Like I was watching Kaz today. Like I love the character of Kaz from a certain point of view. Like I do, <laughs> and I think Christopher Sean's doing a great job with what, what they got. I think his voice. I like his voice. Yes, he's bumbling, and I, I'm okay with that. Uh, I think that's fine. But sometimes the 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 weight isn't there because yes, it's a it's definitely a kids show, but rebels developed that, and I think that we're holding it to that standard, rightfully so. Yeah, to really really match it up, and those moments where Yeager talks about his past, that's a, you start to feel that feels Star Wars to me. Yeah, and you're right. Do you think they have? I mean, I, maybe that's an obvious. They have the wiggle room because if it's an, an animated show. Yeah, yeah. The Clone I think Wars so. have that wiggle room. Uh, an animated show? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think Clone Wars was just so centered on such a, a an event uh, that that is both was both past and present in Star Wars because we had always, Star Wars fans always kind of knew Clone Wars as mm-hmm. this defining battle of the past, so it uh, always felt a little, like, grounded in that. And, you, yeah. Going to Clone Wars specifically, do you think that was part of, of the movement against Ahsoka early? She shows up and didn't feel Star Wars enough. Yeah, I think that was the collective baggage of Wesley Crusher, Adric, mm. if you're a Doctor Who fan, all of the like, we need to inject some life in this. We need a teen perspective in those characters that were often, I think, not written well. It's great. You idea. know, many fans have come to love them or appreciate them, but that classically, traditionally, sci fi fantasy fans have railed against, we don't need a teen to be brought into it. And right. I think there was that fear that that's what the character was going to be. And I think she very quickly moved away from that of like, she is yeah. a character. She is informing Anakin's a- attempt mm-hmm. at growth. That That's a great, she, she started out perhaps the Poochie of Star Wars. Yes. I think, <laughs> yeah, there was great Poochie fear. Yeah. And I think I, I you, you go to that first one, uh, when she's making the snips and the Artuis and all those kind of things, to me at the time, maybe it felt against tone or outside the walls of tone, but then either they course corrected or they're just like, no, we got this, which might be a little bit of, and I think you're right. I think we had, there was as a collective and not everyone um, had a, had a 
Uh, I see what they're doing. Yeah. They're bringing in the kid. And I think George Lucas and other creators as well just always have this uh, uh, tense relationship with the wacky dial. Mm-hmm. Of it's Obviously, wacky, is, wacky humor is a part of Star Wars, but it was kind of turned up in the yeah. first season of Clone Wars. It's a lot more of the battle droids going like, we don't know where to fire. And, yes, you're you know, right. And like, whoops, I tripped. Ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that gets dialed down again, and which yeah. is exactly what happened in the whole arc of the prequels. Yeah. Of it's kind of at 11 in Phantom Menace and then gets dialed down. Slowly, slowly, yeah. slowly. <laughs> End of the Revenge of the Sith. Um, I want to talk specifically about some of the moments in the new sequel trilogy and whether or not they take you out or us as a collective fan base. You and I are on the record, Joseph, saying we like a lot of the humor in The Last Jedi. Yeah. Um, I understand the argument that a lot of it is different. Yeah. Uh, is it... How do you feel? Just how do you feel about the, the the humor as it relates to tone in the Last Jedi? In the Last Jedi specifically, I think there are maybe a. I feel fine with almost all of it because I feel like it is grounded in character and plot, and there's almost every joke you can learn something from. I don't think there's anything yeah. that's like three um, PO getting the head on the battle droid, which is right. kind of just for fun. We don't learn anything. Um, maybe a couple moments that are just like. Uh, if I were doing them, I'd turn it down just a little bit Click in the down. way it's executed. I think, honestly, the only one that I like, I don't need that, is uh, Finn's bag squirting. It just, that's one's not talked about a lot, but I, I agree with you on that one. Yeah, because uh, it's, it's, yeah. Everyone goes to the phone joke. Does That one doesn't bother me. It did, yeah. it, I was, it made me nervous the first time yeah. I saw it. But it, but that one doesn't bother me because it's so character building. You know, You know what makes me, the, the phone one, because, um, I, yeah, again, because I, I you've got this epic movie starting and, and the Star Destroyers are coming out of the sky and you've got this evacuation. It starts this little, this uh, phone joke. And I remember thinking too, like, huh? But I think once the huh goes away, yeah. it works. But what what made that work for me is uh, the guy, I forget his name, but the one from the the young ones. Yeah. He turns to him because I think he's tooling with you. So. Then it felt real to me. And the fact that the other guy, who, I forget his name, who is, who is the Jagan Hagar in Game of Thrones after he changes his face, he, with the kind of look they share, it's like, yeah, okay, it made it real to me. And not, yeah. not everyone out there listening um, did, that, did that work for them. But, but the bag one, it's interesting you say that because yeah. it doesn't get talked about a lot. Yeah, because that's just kind of a visual joke. I mean, it, it helps tell you that, that Finn is disoriented and doesn't know where he is. Yeah. Um, but but it, it to me it just feels a little bit more physically and in, in slapsticky, right? Um, but even like I know a lot of people say that they don't like the phone call joke because it sounds too much like a, uh, you know, a Sprint commercial of the mm-hmm. you know Can you hear me now? Right. Uh, whatever. But I think you go back to a New Hope and that conversation that we all love with Han. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. That's kind of telephone jokes too. Yeah. Um, so for me, and again, comedy is super subjective and taste based, right, right, obviously. Right, right. So for me, that doesn't that doesn't bug me. I have page turners; they were not like that. That dance is on the edge of too modern. But again, like what's being said, the fact that I think Yoda should have some whimsy and sense of humor to him, the fact that they they're talking about physical books which don't yeah. exist much in Star Wars, Correct. makes it more interesting to me. It w- it works for me because of. Clone Wars Yoda, yeah, and, and a little prequel Yoda, 
he's got some personality that we did in Empire. Other than when he's playing around and joking around, pretending, testing Luke by pretending yeah. to be something else, we got great comedy. <laughs> great comedy, but he's serious, right? We always, I think we grew up thinking Yoda was really at heart a serious Jedi master. Yeah. But even Attack of the Clones, the little jab at Obi-Wan. I love that moment. Learning, losing How the planet. embarrassing. <laughs> exactly. That's the Yoda that that line ties to yeah. in, in uh, Last Jedi. And yeah. it's just such a great lesson of the light side of the Force, which which goes well with that Hux Poe conversation of right. you can't be rigid. And humor is one of the things that helps us be a little less rigid, makes us a little bit more flowing and organic as, right. as beings. Right, I hope, because it's the only thing I have <laughs> in life there. Um, how can a Star Wars creator successfully change the tone or, or what we're looking at with Tika Te- Waititi? Maybe less fear than we need of him bringing in yeah. stuff. Uh, how, do you, how do you think? Because I, I think some people, if it's not George, but even then George, George <laughs> yeah. tries to change his own tone sometimes, not the core. I think the, the core of what George yeah. always intended is there in the prequels. But how I look at Attack the Clones, how we how we wrap that package, he tried to change it at times a little yeah, bit. Yeah, absolutely. So how do you think you can successfully do that? I think you can successfully do it uh, by swapping out ingredients, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think if you had something that had a real sense of old and new and it had a, a big, bold sense of comedy uh, and romance, but it was really slow. Like, uh, that yeah. would be one switched element, but... If you have enough of the other ingredients, mm-hmm. like then, then it's still the thing. Mm. Uh, if it, if it's all one line, so to speak, it, it, it doesn't work necessarily. Am I, am I getting that right? If it's all all dark and menacing for fifty five minutes of an hour show, it might feel yeah, might feel. It doesn't mean it won't work. Yeah, I guess what, another way to say it is, I think you could take almost any genre, mm-hmm. any idea, and put it through the Star Wars filter, and if it right. picks up enough of these other ingredients it's going to be still feel like Star Wars. It's going to still taste like a good meal. Yeah, I do want to talk about the prequels for just a second because I feel like that's embedded in this quote. I'm wondering if that's embedded in this quote. Right. Because when he is saying, they know the tone of the first films really should be kind of adhered to. By first films, is he talking about the original trilogy or is he talking about the first six films from George Lucas? It's a big deal. I took it as original trilogy. I think so too. And which is is it's it's the the recipe that gets passed around Grandma's Kitchen. Yeah, those three films. And I feel like the prequels are successful to to your great question mm-hmm. about changing the tone because he did mm-hmm. because he said the palette of Star Wars is bigger than you all thought. Mm-hmm. It, it does have to do with crunchy. Politics and the failure of institutional structures. Right. Taxes are exciting in the world <laughs> of Star Wars. And just visually, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's a lived-in universe, but a part of the lived-in universe is mm-hmm. rich people have nice things. Right. And when there isn't war, things look nicer. And yeah. he, I think he really expanded the palette visually, aesthetically, and also said, yeah, it doesn't just have to be romance uh, where you only get a few details, we can get into crunchy details. Right. We can have a uh, scene sitting by a fireplace. Uh, yeah, well, you know, it's uh, it's interesting. When I listen to your talk, they're great stuff. Sometimes when I go to the original trilogy, I go, that's what Star Wars is. And I am I think maybe I'm airing, looking at it more, the literal 
look of Star Wars and being too tied to that. Yeah. Which I think Solo and Rogue One do a great job. And this is this is a personal Ken battle here. Solo and Rogue One look, I always say it looks and feels like Star Wars more to me. Where even seven and eight, as much as I love them, have their own kind of really sheen, clean look. Yeah, like just film style. Film right? style, yeah. How the shot look. But then I I sometimes like I always talk about the the Wobani stormtrooper with his head down covered oh, yeah. in mud going gosh when when does my shift end yeah and that is that is part of it but I what you're saying about the prequels as George said it does it doesn't always look like the temple on Yavin four yeah and it it's all it's the other things that are the tone of Star Wars and I that's for me I get confused with that sometimes yeah too, you know so it's not just all gritty yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think uh, you're you're being a fan of the war. Right. The war part of Star Wars, which is one of the two words in the title, so it has to be important, that demands more details. Right. War is about the reasons for war. It is about supply lines. It is about which allies you have and which you don't. And I feel like the prequels really expanded on all of that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, to me, that does deserve to be a part of the tone of Star Wars, of like... Some of the nitty gritty details of how and why this is happening, right? You know, and I think that got carried into the Last Jedi. I know some people don't like the plot mm-hmm. that is based on just we we have a few technical difficulties, yeah, and we need to figure them out, yeah. You know, I've heard some people don't <laughs> <laughs> rumor on the internet. As we start to wrap up this discussion here, we talked a little bit about Tika Waititi. What are your expectations of him, his work in The Mandalorian, and maybe the series overall? It's not talked about a lot. Jon Favreau has a style, but he's already played in some of the big stuff. He's played in the Marvel sandbox and the Disney live-action sandbox, but his writing on Swingers, his direction in Maid or or Chef, he's got a style too. What are you expecting from The Mandalorian? Yeah, I am expecting that it is going to be really obsessed with the tone of the classic uh, trilogy mm-hmm. because I think that's what Favreau grew up with. We've heard lots of uh, talk that this is ideas he's had for a long time. This is the you know the sweaty fantasies of a you know young Star Wars fan who watched the original trilogy. I think putting all of their senses of humor together, I think we can get a lot of stuff that just looks cool. Yeah, looks epic. Ragnarok has a bunch of like this is a cool actual epic fight when Thor finally like brings the thunder and lightning. Yeah. So I think we're going to get a contrast of like, this is the coolest thing ever. And then quiet character based moments of comedy that contrast that. I Love think that. this is going to be guided by the spirit of Han Solo's sense of humor. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be a lot of, I'm running after the stormtroopers and whoops, there's a whole room of them. And I scream mm-hmm. and that kind of humor, which is big and bold, but really comes from that, classic trilogy perspective of sort of roguish guy who effed up. It's it's the Iron Man comedy. Yeah. 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 Like, you know what? Screw it. I am Iron Man. You know, (laughs) it's awesome. That's a great way to, that's a great connection. And even that big physical comedy of like, Uh I think I got in Iron Man. If I I think I got this and then he gets, you know, thrown backwards and like, you know, happens again. I'm going to trash you or whatever he says to the, to the robot. Very. Cause Iron Man still might be the, I don't know, Winter Soldier, Black Panther, some of my other favorite Marvel movies. But Iron Man, I still go back to that one. It created the formula. It created the yeah. formula. That's Favreau. That's a great point, Joseph, because that might be what we can expect from this series. Yeah. You also thought we were going to wrap up here with a final fun question, but you also just made me think it. I'm going to put this out here. In terms of the tone of Star Wars, 
Is Han Solo the best example? Ooh. This is not to take <sighs> anything away from Leia, our princess in general, Luke, our hero, Vader, our tortured villain turned Yeah. Here. But is Han, because we keep coming back to a lot. I look at Force Awakens. That's not how the Force works. <laughs> it's so great. That's Star Wars tone to me. Yeah. Humor, point, yeah. value. And a lot of it is Kazdan. That the Star Wars tone is Kazdan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I would say almost, but that leaves out too much of the weighty destiny. That's true, too. You go through the whole arc of Han's life and like, oh, yeah, I got to tell these kids the Force is real and my son's a dark you know, force user, maybe, <laughs> maybe, but yeah, but so much, of, so much of star Wars is okay. the force and the destiny and the lightsabers. That's true. That's that. I mean, that's a great point. That's why I ask. Yeah. I, don't, I don't have that answer. Han's my favorite character. I think Leia's the best overall shining example of a, of a character in star Wars. When you take all of the saga as it is right now into the picture. Um, but I look at Han and I go yeah. to, when I think of moments that I love, yeah. it's those humor moments but you're right. Yeah. What we're talking about is also looking off and on. Maybe him and Force Awakens going, it's true, all of it. Maybe he finally gets yeah, it. That's not how the Force works. You, you did remind me, I think that's another good way to talk about tone. We talked about it more when Solo was coming out of like Leia mm-hmm. represents the war and the government and the, the nitty gritty in uh, Hans, the, the roguish, scummy, yeah. but lovable guy. And Luke is the fate and the destiny in the family. You, know, you put the three of those together, mm-hmm. there's a good Star Wars tone. That's why they are the big three. Final question here. We love to do this uh, wacky stuff here in Force Center. Uh, Joseph, pitch your most non-Star Wars tone project. Oh, man. Is it, now, are you thinking something that we want made or something that would be almost impossible to make Almost work? impossible, but we still kind of might want to see here. Uh, two things jump to mind. I'll mm. keep this short. One we've talked about before uh, is the surreal, artsy indie film. I'm talking, you know... Mm. Uh, David Lynch out there. I'm, I'm talking a Jedi goes into a temple and it's two hours of weird visions that might mean something might not like that. I'm actually intrigued by that. I think you could make work. It's what, it's what Lucas was rattling the saber about of like, actually it was just going to be about the midi-chlorians. We're going right. to disappear yeah. into the world of the cosmic force and uh, meet the midi-chlorians. Like the hell are you talking about? Like yeah. full indie. The thing that jumped to mind is like how to make that work to me, everything we've talked about with, with Luke it was a real uh, opposite of the 80s, muscled out, right. action hero, cool guy line, slaughter everyone around you, go in alone, solve everything with violence. Yeah. It'd be fascinating to me to see like if you could make like an 80s throwback <laughs> Schwarzenegger film that still had that value. Luke Rambo? Of star- yeah, of the, uh, I don't know if you do that, which is like a big, dumb bounty hunter who just gets a big, dumb job, you know, like... <laughs> And it's almost like Big Trouble in Little China set in Star Wars. That's, with a, with a couple, yeah, that's actually, that's interesting. Yeah. Just how, you're how pitching, do you make that work? You're pitching something fun, but I think it's one of the, like, you layer in a couple realistic Star Wars things and you got, some, I mean, big, yeah. the big trouble. Thing. Yeah. Well, you got to uh, make it Kurt Russell. Yeah. Make it Kurt <laughs> Russell. He's in, you set it back in the old day. He's a, he's a cocky, not yeah. very smart Jedi yeah. who does things his own way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's oh, all right. That's good. See, I was just, I was going to go, I would have loved, I would love to see, cause I do love Kevin Rubio's troops. Uh, when oh, you talk yeah. about fan films, I'm not a huge fan film person, but I think that was different. I don't think that's a fan film. I think it was just some great parody and comedy t- tying back to my favorite hardware wars from the late seventies. I, I wouldn't mind a Christopher guest style documentary oh, yeah. that shows about the planning of like, maybe, maybe it's, 
General Hux is uh, going to give this big speech and I have a day to plan it. Oh, uh, yeah. Any, anything like that. Uh, I talked about in the early days and it showed up on Data Bank Brawl a couple of times. I love, you know, the joke about Mon Mothman and Crick's Mating falling in love and running a bed and breakfast. I would like something little and small. Okay. That is totally, and this is something Tika Waititi could do. He did it with the Thor shorts. Remember those shorts? Oh, yeah. They got, uh, showing him as having a, Thor having a roommate or whatever it was. It was awesome stuff, but I wouldn't mind that. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, that would be really interesting. I, I think comedy. I think you could make it work. You know, you, you ride that line of keeping keeping it real but funny. Disney plus Star Wars comedy. <laughs> All right, we took uh, took a big long look at tone and uh we could be talking as often uh, here in Force Center we could keep on talking, but that's it for for that conversation. If you have some thoughts on tone, some great examples, some examples you don't like, but things maybe aren't the Star Wars tone you expect, but they still work for you, we do want to hear about it. We'll tell you at the end of the show where to reach out. Right now though, as we close, we've got some audience questions. Joseph, you want to ask a couple and I'll ask a couple. How do you want to do that? Uh, sure, yeah, yeah, I'll do the first do two, that. you do the next two. Uh, so this comes from Facebook. Brett Thompson, Star Wars Kids, has done some amazing animated shorts. What do you think of having a full movie done in this style? And more crazy, could they do a re-release of the prequels, perhaps allowing for the correction of some of the execution issues? Three question marks. Brett's very excited. Uh, oh, wow. what, what do you what do you think about seeing full films in the style of the uh, uh Galaxy's Heroes. Titmass Animation puts yeah. those on, right? Yeah, I would love to see it. Now, I think to stretch it out over, I mean, a lot of those shorts are even just one minute yeah. in length, I think you'd have to pace yourself a little bit. They pack a lot into those moments. Yeah. Comedy, concepts, they they rearrange some things to highlight. I know there's sometimes a lot of fervor over what what's in those one-minute short videos for kids. Yeah. They're, they're highlighting things for, for you to learn, you know? Yeah. Um, and they're taking it from the story. So I don't freak out over any of it, but I love the look of it. You give me an hour of something special or maybe a weekly 25-minute series, and as far as a remake... Prequels, that's eh, big, but I, I understand where Brett's coming from, and, and I, I'd be interested in that. Yeah, yeah. I would love to see some something that was really advertised as not a uh, a correction, but I totally, again, I understand what Brett says. I love the prequels, but think there are some things that could have been executed better. Yeah. Um, but I would love to see a longer, uh, a longer uh, reinterpretation and even really locking down, because I love the idea that creators say that this is just kind of trying to capture the spirit of what it felt like. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would love it to just see, like like they did with Forces of Destiny, it's Maz around the fireplace telling some yeah. young kids the, a great. longer version of these stories, and then you can get to see moments that we saw before, mm-hmm. but l- just like in these shorts, really heightened in a fun way. Look, we know Anthony Daniels loves doing that voice, <laughs> having C-3PO telling those stories. Yeah, C-3PO's with, stories to the Ewoks, yeah. and you go into the Ewoks' heads, and they're seeing these amazing <laughs> things. But the Ewoks see themselves in it, so it's like Ewoks <laughs> and Han vests and everything like that. Yeah, yeah. Great stuff there. Uh, and then our next question is from Richard L. Young. Uh, do you think the move to more realism, flawed characters in Last Jedi, and away from the space opera style, good, bad characters with new hope storytelling, is why The Last Jedi was uh, divisive? Do fans want the escapism of Star Wars or more real-world take on the universe? This is touching on some stuff uh, we already talked about, but putting it in a fine point. How, how do you feel about that? Well, do we have an hour? Um <laughs> There was an absolute switch, whether super intentional or not. I don't know. Uh, for Brian Johnson, I would say yes. But as an overall edict, I, I, I think storytelling has changed. And our demands of storytelling have changed. And, and we go to television, not just the serialization of it. We want 
10 hours of story versus two on, in a theater. We, we, it's just what we want. Where the seventies, the anti-hero emerge eighties. You got, you know, where's a cold war on. We need to know where we, we are going to win. Yeah. We, that's just the times. And I think there's something beautiful about what was put out there in starting with force awakens with, Han and Leia being separated. Yeah. Uh, Han running away and Luke running away as well. I love that. But I get why people don't. If Return of the King, go back to Lord of the Rings. That ends. Aragorn is the king. He has returned as the king. He's taken his rightful place. He's sang his song. The, the hobbits bow, or no, bow to no one and go home. Fade out and they go through all those appendices and there's one more. And he and Arwen are fighting. <laughs> and they've got some problems in the realm. And it, yeah. it, would people want to see that? We are so used to yub nub. Everything's great. Yeah. Luke is a Jedi. He saved the day. What happens after? I think we want that more, but some people don't. And some people maybe don't want that or yeah. don't want to face it. And I, that's, that's the only finger wag I have. I have some people in my life who don't want to face that Luke might have changed, failed, or done something wrong. They only want to see him as standing on that poster with his lightsaber raised as the hero. Yeah. No, I, I agree with all that. I, I would argue that I, I think, yes, the, the characters of A New Hope in particular are good and bad. That was mm-hmm. it, that was the breath of fresh air to the 70s antihero yeah. and part of the reason it hit so big. But I think uh, certainly by Return of the Jedi, the, the gray area is what that movie is all about. Will Darth mm-hmm. Vader change? Will Luke fall to the dark side? And the prequel areas are all about gray areas. Right. You got the good guys, the Jedi, fighting with these clone troopers that we know are going to be Come the bad guys in a way, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. I think the gray area has been there a long time. I think what is different about the current storytelling is uh, across the board, not just Star Wars. We're getting it in like the Christopher Robin movie. We're getting it in the Mary Poppins Returns. It's the main thrust of Into the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. The idea that these lessons we learn as kids, we need to relearn. Mm-hmm. And moving towards an idea of that maybe happy ending fairy tale stories have their place but maybe they yeah. shouldn't be the go-to thing because that doesn't reflect life. Mm-hmm. You're going to have another challenge yeah. and you're going to have to learn those lessons you did when you were a kid and face your fears, face the challenges. Um, yeah. And I think in terms of last Jedi, I think, yes, people just had made an attachment to yeah. Luke being a stalwart hero, which I think he ends up being an amazing hero by the end of The Last Jedi. We just get to see him question. I think he ends up being bigger than he ever possibly could. Yeah. But, but I understand it, and, and that's part of the discussion around that movie there. Richard, yeah. great question. Yeah, absolutely. You want to uh, grab these Patreon yeah, questions? Yeah, Patreon. We'd like to take a couple questions for Patreon. Liam Toms. <clears throat> Liam Toms, thank you for your support. Uh, they ask, uh, what Star Wars celebration, with Star Wars celebration right around the corner, what panel discussions would you like to see take place other than ones we can already expect on the major upcoming releases? They haven't announced what's uh, there yet. They always have some good smaller panels the big ones get all the press understandably joseph what do you want to see well i really enjoyed the one-on-one with ian mcdermott so that i watched uh from my couch con at the last celebration uh streaming it and i would love to see him do a our panel in characters palpatine if he was if he was willing i would (laughs) just a total comedy panel of just asking him questions uh, I would love in-character panels. Yeah, in-character panels would be amazing. The other thing I want is, and these might happen at smaller panels, I'd love to see a little bit uh, deeper questions where you're like, just ask Daisy Ridley about her life, about, mm. you know, not just stuff that's promoting the film, but just like, 
get get to know these people as humans a little bit more. Do a little bit more almost kind of podcast style. Yeah. Dig dig a little deeper, real human experiences, not Every question has to be about Star Wars. If you did that, Adam Driver might actually show up. Oh yeah, man! <laughs> give me a give me a chance at Adam Driver. I'd love to interview that man. Uh, conspicuously absent from 2017's Star Wars celebration. <laughs> uh, for me, Liam, great question there. I love hearing. A, I'd love that the author panels are great. The book panels and they come up and they but they bring up 17 authors and they yeah. announce their things. Those authors. It's it's so daunting to go. You're a Star Wars fan. You want to write a Star Wars book? Great here's your moment. Here's what, here's your book. Here's your essay. And from a certain point of view and the tone of star Wars, the feel of star Wars and getting into some of these character sets and trying to bring something new. Um, I would sit for an hour with all of them, similar to what you're saying, just related to Jason Fry. How did you come up with that vision of Luke or the force speaking to yeah. Luke? And what does that mean that the authors bring some really interesting insights yeah. like that? Yeah. One-on-ones with the authors. One-on-one seems to be our theme. Final question to our friend Kai Thatch. Kai Thatch says, I am among those who would love to get a series of stories set in a Jedi training academy a la Harry Potter. I would particularly like to see some sort of Jedi competition similar to the Triwizard Tournament. Uh, yeah, that's the fourth film. I, I know that, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, if you were to design a task in the Jedi Tournament, what would it be? Oh, that's great. Yeah. Uh, two parts kind of here, Joseph. You you want to see Jedi Academy? Absolutely. Okay. You know, in any era, I think that would be a really fun thing to see on the screen i'd like to see it in the past way in the past yeah yeah i think that's great yeah. free of it and uh, you know if, if ray starts up a school i'd love to see something in the future too hers is like a homeschool like you uh, know, yeah come I on down is... to my cave and we'll teach you <laughs> it's real hippy dippy yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh as far as a, a task yeah uh, in the in a jedi tournament i had two ideas okay. one if it's set in any sort of era where he's alive uh the task to steal yoda's lightsaber can you get the master's lightsaber away from him? That seems That's daunting great. and terrifying. That's uh, great. In the other more jokey one would be uh, you, you're, you have to be in a room with a lot of great people uh, and you're not allowed to make attachments. Like, can <laughs> Can you that's, not? That's the final yeah. level. Can you not? We're gonna we're gonna lock all you Padawans in the temple alone with uh, different people who you find emotionally and physically attractive. Can you not? Oh, that takes a cake. I was just gonna like blindfolded pod racing and things like that. <laughs> but you've, you're going deep to the core of what it takes to be a Jedi. I think that is the final round, and the winner is Kit Fisto. Actually, he would lose first. <laughs> Stop smiling, yeah, everybody. That's Fisto. a great great idea. Uh, Kai, Liam, Richard, Brett, thanks for those questions if you have a question for us or a comment on today's episode you can go to twitter at force center pod use the hashtag force center facebook page is force center podcast if you want to write us there give us some more maybe long form thoughts and questions we have a website force center tpublic.com slash user slash force centers we can get our merch with star wars celebration ramp it up and you know coming fast around the corner around the bend you want to get a force center t-shirt Get it in time so you can wear it at the convention. We'll have ours on as well. The podcast available in a lot of places. Podomatic, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Spotify, which in the dark times seems to work the most. <laughs> uh, don't forget on YouTube is where you can find some of our uh, Databank Brawl Encore presentations and the animated Databank Brawl from Brian Ward. We just did some big changes on Patreon, Joseph, where we appreciate support. That's right. We got some new rewards uh, in the tiers, and we got some new goals. Goals, uh, so please to go check that out and help us keep going. It's at patreon.com slash force center. 
Absolutely. We are out of here. Uh, Jennifer Landa at Jennifer Landa is not here. She'll be back next week. Uh, deserve rest, like we said. But Joseph, you said you're up top, you're busy, which means you got some shows coming up, too. I do. You can uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. And then go to my website, uh, josephscrimshaw.com. In particular, you can check out that live shows page. Uh, got a show called Game Night Variety Show I do monthly that's coming up this Friday in Los Angeles. And I should plug uh, my other podcast, Obsessed, this coming Thursday. Uh, Ken, your, yeah. your partner, oh. Grace, is on yes. to talk about those chihuahuas. Oh, so, yes. listeners, if you hear Ken every once in a while mention Adventures with Chihuahuas, you can dive <laughs> deep, deep into the world of chihuahuas uh, this coming Thursday uh, on the latest episode of Obsessed with Grace. She was a, an amazing guest, uh, funny and insightful, and or just a real uh, favorite episode of mine. Great. I can't wait to hear it. Uh, she she was so excited when you, when you asked and, and spent days preparing, even though she spent <laughs> a lifetime preparing. Oh, yes. The lifetime showed. And uh, hopefully, in general, you guys are checking out Obsessed. Great show over there. You can follow me at Catnapsuck across all social media platforms. That includes the Napsuck Files podcast, The Afternoons with Josh and Ken, and just announced, just confirmed this past weekend while I was sitting on my couch uh, playing Battlefront 2. Uh, me and Josh McCougal will be joining Mark Ellis in Seattle on March 14th. That's a Thursday night show, 9 p.m. Uh, at a big theater there. Go to markellislive.com for more information. And I think we'll be appearing at Emerald Comic Con earlier in the day with our friend uh, Darina Ariano's panel working on that. But uh, that's an exclusive. I don't know if that's 100% confirmed, but we are definitely going to be in Seattle on March 14th. Hope to see you there. So, Super Size Show. We'll be back next week don't forget data bank brawl on thursday uh we got uh, all our other shows star wars counseling star wars rank spotlight star wars happy beeps uh all that coming thank you for your support for joseph and the tone of star wars we'll see you next time this was force center Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.